Hello, everyone. You are listening to the Navigating Life Abroad podcast. I am your host, Ashley Liliana. As we know, life does not stop when you move or live abroad. This podcast is a space where we can come together to share our advice, experiences, and stories as we navigate life abroad. In today's episode, I chat with my friend Raquel, a travel journalist from Brazil and the creator of Solo No Mundo. Throughout our conversation, Raquel shares how she balanced working at National Geographic while studying and living abroad in Barcelona. Make sure you listen to the very end as she has a powerful message that can apply to anyone, anywhere, who is simply trying to navigate life. So I kind of wanted to start a little bit with the moving and the living part of your experience, but particularly why did you come to Barcelona? Yeah, so thank you very much for inviting me, Ash. I'm from Brazil, actually, and I've been dreaming about coming here to Barcelona, I think maybe for years, something like that, because I actually saw the program at the University of Barcelona, Autonomous of Barcelona, of travel journalism. Six years ago, I started my own project of travel journalism. Since then, I've been trying to come here and, and study on this program. When you first got here to Barcelona and the first couple of weeks or months, how was that experience like? Before I came here, I was was working on this company that's called Wordpackers. And I was the head of content SEO and also audiovisual there. So I was really familiar with volunteering abroad. And I was thinking that I was going to get to a new place, to a new country without knowing anyone. And I thought that maybe doing this experience and volunteering would be a nice channel to like get to know people and also get to know the city. And that's what I did. I started volunteering on a hostel, on a shampoo that is a neighborhood here in, in Barcelona and it was I think it was it was a, a great choice because I got to know like this small family that the hostel already had with the other volunteers I started actually working on the night shift and it was really <laughs> challenging and then I got to the morning shift like making breakfast and the beds it was this experience of going back from a position of manager, leadership on my previous work to like putting my feet on the ground and like working as a receptionist, making beds, getting to know people, like working directly with, with the public. And also on my free time, exploring the city, the nightlife of Barcelona, the sightseeing points with other volunteers and also the guests of the hostels so that was my experience and i and i recommend for for like first getting to 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 a new city yeah i was going to say that even for someone maybe who moves abroad if that's something that they're interested in it's a great way to meet people and not to feel so alone and get to know the city and so i think that volunteer that you did provides like a little bit of a community. When you started classes, or when we started classes, <laughs> how was it volunteering and studying? How did you manage that? How was that experience like? Before I came here to to volunteer, and for those who doesn't know, the, those types of volunteer work you can do like in a non-profit organization, in a farm, or also in a hostel with sure. 
or, or even in a hotel, you exchange a little, a few hours of your abilities mm -hmm. with, and then you, you get in return a bed and, and sometimes mm -hmm. all of the, the three foods of the day, something yeah. like that. I was able to manage it well because we only got like three classes uh, three days a week we got the, the, our classes and i also had a little flexible hours on the hostel so i could like manage it but i was so full full of energy <laughs> i just got here and i was like i wasn't anymore on my corporate job that i really loved but i was doing it for a while and working from home i was really like in a nutshell really with myself for a long time so getting to visit and live in a new city mm -hmm. and then get to know all of those other travel journalists at at the master was really refreshing mm -hmm. it was like i was really excited i was like listening to catalan songs going to the university because i wanted to like immerse myself in the culture and yeah, it was a, a period of time that I remember that I had this extra feel to to manage everything because it was it was everything new. It was like a different experience, and I was really illusionated of doing this master that I I dreamed a lot about. That's mostly. Did you do anything to prepare before you moved, knowing that you wanted to do this program and in Barcelona? Did you do anything to prepare in terms of? whether it was language or just culturally before you came here? Or did you kind of just come and see kind of what you would find in a sense? Yeah, I think the second option, <laughs> I went with the second option. I actually learned Spanish before mm -hmm. coming here. I I lived some time in Argentina mm -hmm. and get to know people there and, and improve my Spanish. Also in my previous work, I use a lot of Spanish. so. Language wasn't something I was concerned of, but a little concerned right. of because I knew that Argentinian Spanish right. was different from here. But I was able to manage the language part. And I think take the visa was the part that was hard on this yes. planet's <laughs> path before coming here because they are really like harsh on giving this visa even for students yeah. that I, I thought they would be easier but no i <laughs> i got like a little bump roll before getting my visa but then when i got all of my documents and everything figured out i just i just came because i knew that i was going to be able to turn it all because i've been traveling solo since i was 20 years old or a little before that so like six years of travel solo backpacking and also doing other kinds of work exchanges to studying abroad so i i i think i'm i'm very secure when i get to a new place that i'll be able to handle it going now to studying and um, when you start the master not going to classes and things like that how was the experience of studying in well and learning in spanish how was that experience did you have any difficulty in the beginning kind of adjusting to that kind of rhythm of learning in spanish speaking spanish every day and every aspect of your life yeah so when we first started our our master's program all the teachers were wearing a mask so 
we did like full one or two months with all the teachers with the masks and it was also our first month here so yes with with some teachers i had a little bit of difficult yeah. difficulty trying to understand because like lip reading is really important okay. for me and the expression that that's complementary for understanding i think everyone thinks that but for me i really i really pay attention to to how they move right. and then when i when i'm learning a new language i try to copy the movements that those people do with their mouth right so i really miss having <laughs> that reference sure. to to really understanding the classes but it's also true that i adapted quickly and i think maybe after two weeks of class i started to fully understand it and i think the spanish wasn't like a big point for me okay. like a big struggle for me this year okay. yeah how would you give any advice or any tips on someone who maybe is going to study abroad in another country and, and their classes are going to be maybe in their second language or the language that they're learning any advice for someone who's maybe afraid of that part all over with the team of you go girl like <laughs> you have to to dive in yeah, and risk sure. yourself but it's also true that if you're doing a master's degree in another language the teachers and even your colleagues are not there to learn a new language or to teach a new language they are all teaching this advanced kind of knowledge and you're specializing yourself so you have to on our example you have to have a, a foundation of communication or journalism or something like that to understand some of the concepts sure. and also the language like i didn't see anyone at our class like asking the teacher to talk slowly or something like that because it it definitely wasn't like an study exchange mm -hmm. from the the university right. that i think it's more like when you're doing study exchange study abroad program yeah, yeah sorry when you do a study abroad program i think maybe on the university the teachers would be more comprehensive that you are like still learning the language i imagine but in a master's program i was i'm more like if i can give some advice i would say like do a volunteer program or do a a language course with the language that you want to study like you want to do a master's program in, in spanish and you don't speak spanish at all i would say for your own like fully seizing this opportunity at its fullest yeah like prepare yourself to get the language problem out of your way so you can focus on new opportunities what the teachers are really there to teach you and like get this out of your way because if you don't it will be much harder for you to, to do it. So um, at the same time on the group, like you go for it, try, take a risk, but I know that you won't be able to like take the whole experience and take the most of your time, your money, right. your like your travel, your moving, your, your going out. I think, yeah. I think it's great advice because languages 
super important and very important when you are living or immersing yourself in another culture. And like you said, not having that foundation will prevent you from seizing or understanding or having just the experience itself because you're so focused on maybe like, I don't understand every single thing. Yeah. But the first two months were definitely hard with that mask. I thought to myself, like, what am I doing here? I thought I spoke Spanish. Clearly, I don't. It was hard the first two months. But also, there's, like, a period of adjustment. I, I always say, like, your ears have to get adjusted to the rhythm, to the sound, the way they speak, the words that they use. And you have to be a little bit patient with yourself, too, in adjusting. It's not going to be easy. Yeah, even for one that speaks the language, you have this time of adjustment. For sure. How has the experience of the master's program been for you so for me i think the masters had a lot of positive points also some of negative points but as now we are graduated on it and i'm looking back trying to highlight the positive parts of the master because i did learn a lot this year and i as i was talking to you i don't know in a coffee or some of our our shopping dates or coffee dates that we had i think that the most important thing that this masters gave to us was a time frame on our life to think about travel journalism and how we could like adding this in our life and if this is the thing that we're looking for if this is possible if we can start a new project or spread our already existing project mm -hmm. even if the class itself wasn't something that you are really interested about like maybe it's a podcast class mm -hmm. and you are interested about writing right. or it was a like i don't know video class mm -hmm. and you are interested in podcasting either way you were three hours sitting there surrounded about other students that are thinking about their projects mm -hmm. are thinking about like thriving in this in this world of travel journalism that is small i think it it has possibilities you have to have something different this world sure. to thrive so i don't know having this energy even if the class wasn't exactly what i'm into i think it was like a gift to have this time in my life to learn that like i think studying it's a blessing it's a gift it's a time you give yourself to think about your projects and i think yeah i'm i'm really grateful that i i gave myself this experience of having those reflecting moments and also the the trip that we did on the middle of the program in this master's degree we have like one week two weeks experience of traveling with a group of four five or six people and i went to malta with my group and i i made a dream of mine come true yeah. that is traveling with other people that have the same goals mm -hmm. as you before coming here talking to the universe like, like manifesting manifesting i was manifesting that i wanted to meet people that was also doing was what i was doing a little isolated mm -hmm. and meet people with the same interests and goals and make projects with people that has sometimes other other talent that was could be complementary you have this mentality this mindset of seizing opportunities and taking the juice out of experiences so 
now talk a little bit about National Geographics and how that experience has been like for you. Was there any cultural differences, but also maybe touching upon this mentality of seizing opportunities, which I think is really important when you, I think in life, but also when you are moving and living abroad. Yeah, I think that that came from my mother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she always taught me to like seize the opportunities mm -hmm. and try and that mentality that you already have the know mm -hmm. let's go for what we can we can squeeze from here yeah. and if you don't it's okay don't take it personally mm -hmm. so my mother is my my great inspiration on that mm -hmm. kind of mindset sometimes i i do have in the imposters in Imposter syndrome. Imposter syndrome. Yeah, sometimes I also have that. When the opportunity of mm -hmm. doing this part-time job at National Geographic came, I thought that I wouldn't be the chosen one because I'm from Brazil. They needed someone to write really serious journalistic pieces in mm -hmm. Spanish. And I was like, I might not be selected, but I'll do everything that's on my hand to be selected. And if I don't, I will go home and know that I did everything that I could and they didn't pick me because I'm, I'm Brazilian. That's something that <laughs> I don't know if that's true, but that's that was something that I was repeating to myself. But it's true that when it, the day came, I was like prepared on a sense that I studied the 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 website, I studied the magazine, I studied the people that are, were going to interview me. So I prepared like, I know you when I got there. And I also prepared my, I did a cover letter and I, and I like wrote my CV down in a way that was like tailor-made for this opportunity. And I also asked for some friends at the hostel to like, check my cv and my spanish if it was all correct because i knew that if i send them a cover letter with grammar errors they right. wouldn't even call me and when i got there i was like super confident and i was talking all about my previous experience and that one of the things that i saw that it's a difference difference of culture here that people here in Spain start working later than we do in Brazil. Okay. And I'm saying that in general and based on my experience. Right. But I see that sometimes people here like graduate on the university and then do a master's degree mm -hmm. and maybe then start working on the things that they are studying. I started working with 17 years old. It wasn't with journalism, but it was work. Since then, I started to learn how to behave, how to answer questions, mm -hmm. how to do an interview. And then I started my own project and then I worked with travel companies and I worked with travel journalism. I've never had a opportunity like come work in our magazine because mm -hmm. I had to like find my way to travel journalism and that was doing my own project mm -hmm. and I think that's one of the ways you can get to, to travel journalism because it is a market that it's 
I don't like to say small, but you have to have some experience. Right. For an example, this opportunity that came up, I had experience because like I did my experience. I did my blog, I did my YouTube channel mm -hmm. and I started recording by doing documentaries, writing articles, doing interviews. Yeah. And I also then worked with content, travel content. So basically I had a background of experience with travel journalism and most of all the attitude I think of of a pro professional so I think it all helped me to start working with this firm that I'm I'm a fan of all of the National Geographic universe and being able to be part of that society being part of that mindset and and like helping them and being part of that community it was a really great experience for me this year how did you change or how did the experience form you on a personal level but then also as a professional so i did struggle with spanish in that point and of my experience part. yeah okay. because on matters of talking to people relating i'm very communicative open person so even if i just i say something wrong mm -hmm. i i continue to talk mm -hmm. and then listening i'm i'm observative mm -hmm. so i i i understood the classes so i was handling myself just fine with spanish here in spain and learning everything that i could at the master program but when it came to working and writing in spanish i faced some challenges mm -hmm. because i was writing with the verbal conjugations of Latin America and right. more more specifically Argentina. And I was like writing just like I learned in Argentina. And here they write in a different way mm -hmm. and they use different expressions to say the same thing mm -hmm. here. And also there are so many things around Spain geography spain geopolitical issues issues yeah yeah exactly <laughs> and then the division of of right. the cities and the communities here in spain so it was a lot to take in and i was working with people that was born here right so they they already had that information first so yeah, I struggled with the culture and, and the language in the terms of writing. It wasn't just the the gram the grammar that I struggled on the beginning, but also on the like on the shape of the article because I've been working with like as a travel journalist for some time now, but it is National Geographic. So I send a a article to to my editor mm -hmm. and he was like sometimes he was like that's great sometimes that's great but like this or this term we don't use mm -hmm. it here in here but sometimes it was that is like mediocre <laughs> like I, he didn't use this term but you're writing for national geographic right. you know so let's do our best and do it more complete find like letter all information to back this up so i think the high level of expectations mm -hmm. they have on me it was at the same time a challenge but i think it sharpened my work and now i'm more critical about about myself and i think um i can't see like a 
in Narco that I, I think it misses something mm -hmm. or it's not fully reflecting the experience that I lived. And then I, I work a little more on it. Throughout the experience, was there any point where the living abroad, the studying and the working was overwhelming? Yeah. Or did you manage it fairly well? Yeah, definitely. Luckily, my boyfriend is here mm -hmm. in Barcelona. Hi, Lucas. <laughs> and yeah, he was really helpful mm -hmm. for me on that matter. Mm -hmm. So having this like partner mm -hmm that could share this experience with me. It was very, very like different from other experience that I had traveling solo. Most of my life as a traveler, I did solo travels, but now in this, in this year here in Spain, I, I have him as a support, as an emotional support. We help each other. We talk about our experience. So I think that helped me a lot in the emotional part of it and on a practical part of it. Right. So we, we could like share our, our things in home. Like you can go to, you go to shopping on, on market today. I'll go tomorrow. Having this partner really helped me on this organizational part of the routine, sure. but it was true that I don't know, maybe before vacaciones yeah it was a time that i was really like overwhelmed with going to work going to to study and we study in a university that is one hour yeah right from yeah. barcelona center or something like that so yeah i was really tired and thinking and talking and working and studying in spanish all day yeah. for me it's really challenging and you get more tired than doing the same thing on your mother language mentally it's so exhausted it's mentally exhausting yeah. and you feel like tired in other way yeah yeah in so that's something to like highlight also of the experience of living abroad that maybe you get tired at the end of the day yeah. and you didn't actually do yeah. anything to be so tired but that's true you without noticing you have to like do this incredible force to mm -hmm. think and speak and express That's yourself in another language yeah. it's probably like the challenging part the expressing yourself and how you feel or what you want to say exactly sometimes it doesn't always work but i i agree i think but for you it was probably harder because you were working as well <laughs> i was already tired you mentioned your um your solo project that you've been working on and I wanted you to just talk a little bit about it because I think it's lovely. Yeah, so I started Solo Mundo that it is in English to have your barefoot on the ground mm. and at the same time to travel solo but in a positive view of it, mm -hmm. not traveling alone but traveling solo right. in a joyful and, and getting to know yourself in a way. So that's the name of the project and it makes more sense in Portuguese. I started in 2017 with a blog and an Instagram account, a YouTube channel, Facebook. And I started to traveling Latin America and interviewing people from different interests, mm -hmm. different jobs, 
but I I was mainly focusing on like remote destinations, sometimes related with nature, sometimes not, but like with really small cities. I got to one village that has 200 people wow. and nothing more than that. So I was like spotting those places in mm -hmm. Latin America with people somehow isolated or off the massive culture or the massive cities just to get to know the things that they had to learn. Sometimes they, they were working with things that we don't see anymore, all industrialized, and I could see some of those do's in a traditional way of like arts, music, culture, gastronomy, and all of that, and talk with really interesting people. And then I tried to translate those conversations by doing a profile. I also was freelancing for other other companies writing about traveling and culture and traditional festivities and something like that for other mediums. But yeah, that's that's the core of the project. But since 2017 until now, it changed because I started to focus in a little more about me, about my profile as a travel journalism and being um, being more open this year was really enlightening for me mm -hmm. to like open a little bit my scope and doesn't talk only with like people that are doing things in a traditional way but also talking to like hotels talking to restaurants talking to tourism offices and other other partners who'd present me to things. I did some press trips this year here, and I could like talk to a chef that has two Michelin stars for an example and that was just something that I would never thought about when I first started because I wanted to talk with this person that cooks in this old way right. and and like take the vegetables directly from the table you know i don't know something like that like i was trying to find the things on the poorest form but this year representing viajes national geographic i was able to get to interview a chef that has two right. michelin stars and he gave me other perspective and he also had a great history behind him he also had things to teach me he also had uh, things unusual and interesting about his project so yeah i open up myself to be more like do it all travel journalism journalist sorry and i think that was one of the greatest gifts for me this year to like say more yes really inspirational that was good it actually was basically the answer i think to my question but i'm going to ask it anyways if you want to add anything else which is how is the raquel who was still in brazil preparing to come here and the raquel now how is she different i think i'm more mature in a lot of ways and i think i don't even recognize that but i think that maybe when i go back to brazil yeah my peers will be like oh my god this <laughs> I, I have this i have this feeling that i changed but yeah i think i'm more I grow, I I had I have grown in my professional field. Mm -hmm. I see things 
a little with a little less like innocence i also want to do this this kind of journalism but i'm also more okay with knowing that is a professional it's the thing that i choose to make money with and let's not lose my essence but let's let's do other things and in my professional field i think i'm more i'm more mature and i'm i'm, I'm ready to take other responsibilities as a travel journalist in brazil i'm also more experienced i learned how to put my limits better because people here in in spain in general sometimes are really direct and we in brazil tend to be really tender not making you feel bad about the things that i'm saying and like always being like light on our comments and like putting a pink mask around right delivering it maybe a little bit nice. nicer and that's sometimes just exhausting thinking so much about how the other ones are going to perceive and and i'm, I'm all about being empathetic but i think maybe in general i was too <laughs> empathetic like and sometimes it's better to just say it sometimes mm -hmm. it's better to be direct sometimes it's better to like put your limits and say no to things mm -hmm. and i think that's something that i learned with the spanish culture any general or like just like the one piece of advice that you would tell anybody who is looking to move live or work study abroad i think i might direct this to my woman out there that are thinking about moving abroad mm -hmm. and that was something that i i really hold on to it here because sometimes i was going to publish something on my instagram or i was going to give in this idea to my boss or even asking some something yeah. on our on our master program yeah. on our class and a voice inside of me was saying like no don't ask that everyone already knows that or i don't know don't propose this idea it's not good enough or don't post this photo you don't look good or people are going mm -hmm. to think that or that other thing about being a travel journalist but it's it's all about confidence and i know that a lot of men don't have all the requirements of a job of a job opportunity mm -hmm. and they candidate at this even so and we girls women out there that see a job description and see that they don't entirely fit they usually don't apply i don't think i don't know if it's an advice but i'll say like to be more confident on the professional field because confidence is is really important sometimes it's as important as your really know-how of know-how of the subject right. and being confident about assuming positions that maybe you don't entirely know how to yeah. do it but i think i saw someday that 99 percent of the jobs are teachable so maybe you can learn on the way maybe you can even learn before you assume the position right. and yeah i'm brazilian i'm young i like applied to this opportunity to, to write in for national mm -hmm. geographic and i think even though i wasn't i'm not native speaking mm -hmm. speaker of spanish i assumed this responsibility and after this year 
-hmm. I can say that I can write in Spanish and everything. And I think that the way people perceive us matters. And quoting RuPaul's, <laughs> because I'm a big fan. Uh, if you want to be heard, suit it up. So things changed when I started wearing blazers. I was going to say, you talked about like how you matured in a, in a the physical sense. I think a very, because when we first met, you wore like a lot of like the black jean jacket and stuff, which was totally fine. But then you started wearing blazers and stuff. So I think like also how we present ourselves is really important and the message that we put out into the world. You look lovely either way, but I'm just uh, an observation. Yeah, I tried to change my outside mm -hmm. to like match what I was feeling inside yeah. and, and the challenges that I had to face mm -hmm. as a woman, as a young woman, as a, but as a, a people from other country, yeah. a woman, a young woman and a journalist, I had to like have my exterior matching my interior. And I think that's something okay to do as well. Yeah. Like a day that you're not feeling that great about your job or, or some challenges that you have faced. It's not bad to prepare yourself, like prepare yourself for this interview. Wear a, a clothes that you think that mm -hmm. can gives you confidence. Put makeup on, don't put makeup mm -hmm. on. It doesn't matter. But wear something that you can see yourself reflected in the mirror and feel yeah. confident about it to face the challenges that are going to appear for you. That's something that I did that worked for me and that fake it until you make it <laughs> phrase yeah. was something that I did this year and worked for me. Yeah, and this is really a cliche, but it's true that you're the only one that can do things in your own way. And maybe being Brazilian was a handicap, but on the other side was my greatest like asset asset for the company because I could talk about Latin American issues, I could talk about my country like anyone else. And to and on the 22 of December, we are going to have on the kioscos on okay. the journal, like on the stands, like on the, the stands, a a article about Rio de Janeiro that I wrote. So like in the actual magazine? In the actual magazine of the Athens National Geographic. Oh, and yeah, exciting. so it was a handicap for some ways, but I was the only one able to write about Rio de Janeiro from a perspective of a Brazilian person. Other journalists here couldn't do. I think on that note, we're gonna end it again. Thank you. Obrigada. I learned. Yeah. <laughs> and thank you so much. Thank you guys so much for your invitation. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Thank you so much for listening and I will see you in the next one. Ciao.